And now a message from our sponsor. Hey everybody, it's Bootleg Captain, Captain Bootlegs here. Yeah. If you're like me, I bet you're enjoying this Toys, Toys on, on Tap, Tap podcast. Yeah, I am enjoying it, it's very nice. But did you know you can enjoy it more just by joining that Patreon? Oh, I did not know that. There are so many cool perks available on the Patreon for you. There's and also and Wow, that's really a lot of stuff if you ask Bootleg Captain. Captain I don't bootleg. understand. There were noises I couldn't hear with the person. So join today to support Toys on Tap podcast and Bootleg Art Toys. But if you're not in a position to join the Patreon, head on over to Apple iTunes and review and subscribe. That helps out the channel as well. Okay, I'll go rate it, I guess. And remember, listen to Toys, Toys on, on Tap. Captain Bootleg, the bootleg captain sent you. Why does he keep referring to himself in the third Can person? I stop with the stupid voice now? I'm not sure why you made me want to sound like a pirate. Oh, so that was a fake voice. Oh, yucko! I didn't realize it was just pretend voice. Oh, okay. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Toys on Tap. Uh, I got to tell you, I'm stoked because there's there's toys that you've created that I stare at regularly or go back to to like to look at and be like, this is how good my work has to be in order to do certain things. So I'm really stoked that you're here this morning. Well, thank you. I um, actually that's kind of funny because. Um, we, me and my wife, we make up dead greedy. So uh, we try to uh, not make the high, highest quality on purpose. <laughs> okay. So the fact that um, you emulate that yeah. is, is kind of funny because we're trying to keep a certain level of, of like authentic, authentic, authenticity yeah and we're trying to keep um you know make it look like a real bootleg there yeah. if you've seen mexican bootlegs they're not that great oh i love them i actually have two sitting right next to me i love them they're uh but there's something about them even though they're imperfect they're there's still something charming about them yeah yeah i uh it's like your pieces uh remind they're like iconic like um the of course you're wearing the shirt beastie droids for sure which that's i like I, we're gonna get to this but i gotta ask did you think that it would be as big as it is when you first produced it did you think that it was gonna like be a continuation plus pins plus and I, isn't it in the background of uh what is that the goldberg's Correct. So you're everywhere. Yeah. Um, that was a little bit ago. Yeah. Um, I mean, I still make money off of it to this day. Uh -huh. uh, but no, I didn't think it's going to be as big as it was. I just thought I would do maybe 20 of them and that would be it. But um, everybody wanted one. Yeah. So, um, um, I it it more than than uh, did its job. Yeah, uh, it, you know, cutting up the figures was worth it. You know. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you don't know when you're making something. Am I going to get my money back out of this? You know, I just yeah. killed Admiral Akbar. You know, who yeah. probably is around twenty to forty dollars now. Yep. <laughs> 
I do that regular as I'm like pouring resin. It's like, am I going to get even the cost of the resin back? Like the man hours, I've just assumed I won't get back. But like, am I going to just get supply back sometimes? Um, but I thank you for saying that my work's iconic. What other what other pieces did you like besides Beastie Droids? Hammerhead. Okay. And, yeah, and then uh, there's a mist. I don't know the actual name, but it's the Mister T Turtle. Okay. Yeah, those are the three that like you're hitting the big like uh, pop culture with Star Wars, Star Wars with fun, and then Ninja Turtles, and it's like they just those three resonate super well with me. That's what I try to do. Um, I try to not just not just take two things and stick them together, but but can I make it resonate? Yeah. Can I can I make it where um, someone feels an attraction for something old, but but new at the same time? Yeah. well, it, all I do is basically if it makes me laugh and I like it, you know, whatever the circumstances are, um, then um, I think other people will. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's real simple. Yeah. You know? Are you, would you say, based off of that, uh, would you say that you only make toys that you like? No. Um, toys is just, toys are just the, um, the medium um the way of expressing yourself but um i i wouldn't say i always like what i do like uh inspector gadget or i took spock and mixed him with inspector gadget um that one i don't really like star trek that much except making fun of captain kurt because he's such a womanizer you know it's yeah. like he, it's like they're on a space mission personally for him to find women of different uh, different uh, species yeah. and have sex with them. You know, that's pretty much the show. Yeah. Oh, there's green ladies? I didn't know there were green ladies. Yeah. <laughs> At some point, they need to just hold up a book with all the different people. He's like, I did all of this. But I, I really didn't like don't like star trek that much but i know that it resonates with some people yeah and um also inspector gadget i watched a little bit of it as a child but i wouldn't say it's one of my favorites it's it's not like scooby-doo to me yeah so before we get so far into this because i want to talk to you about toys so much um you want to introduce yourself and tell us what you do who you are and how long you've been doing it um, yeah, um, trying to remember all those things to say. It's <laughs> <laughs> so like he said, say your name. Okay. Um, my name is Jeremy, um, and I am one half of Dead Greedy. My wife, Jamie, does the other uh, part of it, um, which we share responsibilities and work from molding to painting, et cetera. Um, so I'm one half of Dead Greedy, and there was a third part to your question. I've been doing this since 2015. I uh, became disabled in 2015 mm-hmm. um, due to a, uh, a disease called Wilson's disease. 
So I became disabled. And um, I, then I had nothing to do. I got laid off my job too. Um, so I had nothing to do. And so I started, uh, I found resin toys. Yeah. And it was something to take my mind off of reality. But it was also something uh, that just fascinated me. I was like, I never thought of making a fake product. Yeah. You know, um, that is something funny or different that I would like to make. I didn't realize I could go and make things, yeah. you know? So um, I just, once I got, I got obsessed with it. And so then I started studying uh, different artists, seeing who, um, whose aesthetic I liked the most and style and so forth. And um, Suck Lord was the yeah. one uh, I gravitated to. Um, there were others, you know, um, um, Manly. Uh, he had a C3P ho. Yeah. Uh, which is a prostitute protocol droid. Yeah. Um, there was uh, Killer Bootlegs had Star Warhol, which I really liked a lot mm. and had a figure named that until he beat me to it, um, <laughs> which kind of pissed me off. Um, and uh, let me see, I mentioned Killer uh, Rika. Yep. Rika, what I like about him too, that I don't do yet or haven't done yet, is he'll do some political stuff and I haven't even addressed those issues yet. I I was just trying to be funny and trying to be, you know, stupid. I um wasn't really, you know, sending out a a message or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I I thought when I first started doing um bootleg toys and and doing all that i thought that the point of it was to try to send a message like to try to get something out there try to speak something um and i missed out on the fun part and then i learned like oh no you can just do the fun part you don't always have to say something and so that's been super fun like going back and forth and uh just trying to figure out like with a toy, do I want anything to even come across? Or does this just a toy that I am proud of? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's just like a song. Not every song's heavy metal. Yeah. Um, some, you know, sometimes you don't want to hear that. Sometimes you need a I just got broke up with song. Yep. You know, <laughs> listen to. Um, so yeah, some the the comedy thing. Uh, is just a no-brainer. Um, everybody likes to laugh. Everybody wants to laugh. Mm -hmm. Everybody needs one because, you know, uh, gas. I mean, I could name off a million things, Corona. Yeah. A million things that are depressing that we have to deal with in reality. And to break that with uh, some art that incorporates some nostalgia but also makes you laugh. Yeah. I mean, that's like a winning formula there. When you um, like, 
the jump from um, being diagnosed to then doing toys, was it just that you came across toys? Did you have a love for making those bootleg toys? Or did you like experiment with different things trying to fill that time? Um, basically, I collected toys. Yeah. And have always been a collector. So um, I was um, looking at action figures and so forth and stumbled on to bootleg action figures. Mm-hmm. And I knew, you know, some of the Russian bootlegs and stuff like that, but I didn't know of artists making something called bootleg toys um, that are made out of resin. So that's when I discovered Suck Lord. And I was like, okay, that's a, that's a cool idea. Yeah. And um, then I started to emulate it and make my own things because a lot of his stuff was so expensive. And, and um, a lot of the other artists I've seen, their work was really expensive. And I was like, well, I wonder if I can do it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's uh, the price point. It's always a difficult conversation to have with people like everyone. We all have different ideas of what we should be charging or um, what philosophies on it, because like so I've had some of the older like they started in like 2000 something and they're talking to me about like the cost when they first produced it was like $150 for a bootleg toy. And now you can pick some up. If I really searched for it, I could pick up a couple bootleg toys for like 25, 30 bucks. And so it's like, um, that kind of pushes people out because they want to make a living out of this, but also like to get people's artwork for so cheap is so gratifying. Like I have pieces that I wouldn't have been able to afford if it was still 150 bucks a piece. And so it's, I don't know, it's kind of cool to be able to pick up pieces at all different price ranges and all kinds of stuff now. Yeah. I, I try to keep my stuff pretty low. Yeah. Um, like I think the most expensive figure I have is a hundred dollars and that's three figures for a hundred dollars. Yeah. So, and didn't you do a post? Cause someone was like trying to sell your beastie droid somewhere. Um, Beastie Droids, I've seen go for as much as five hundred dollars. Wow! But I have the I have some already, so if I can sell you one for a hundred, yeah. <laughs> um, you don't need to go and go to eBay and see these scalpers and you know pay ridiculous prices for for artwork. Just yeah. contact the artist. In most cases, um, they will um, either custom make you something if they don't have it, or uh, or if they do have it laying around, we'll um, sell it to you. Yeah, uh, which I love. I, I think that there's so much fear around people reaching out to the artist, but so many of like all the artists that I've interacted with over all the episodes and everything, everyone just wants to talk. And if you reach out to them, they'll respond quickly. Correct. And, you know, everybody's people, uh, they're just people. Yeah. Um, we, we deify, we elevate, um, 
you know, people, but in reality, we're just all the same. Yeah. Um, I learned that, especially when I went to, um, when they were filming the Goldbergs with my figure in it. Yeah. I flew out there and um, to LA and um, the, the people there, I was kind of scared at first, like, oh my gosh, you're so-and-so, you yeah. know? And uh, like Sean Jabroni that mm-hmm. I met out there. Um, but they're all down to earth. They're all like, you know, we're just regular people. And it kind of weirds them out if you treat them like gods. If you do, I mean, wouldn't it weird you out? <laughs> yeah, it, it, uh, I, that's what I learned over the course of even talking to Suck Lord uh, over the five, or we, now we have six episodes together. Even talking to him, it's like episode one when I first started, it was like, man, this guy, he's the top. And then when we started going over his life, it just became so easy to talk to him and just not think like it, it changed my mindset of like, oh, you're you're just a normal person going through all these things. Yeah. 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 But our society teaches us that we need to deify and, um, you know, put celebrities, especially or other people up on pedestals. But yeah. everybody just wants to be treated the same. Yeah. I'm interested. You had mentioned that you collected is so let's take it your story all the way back to as a kid. We interrupted this broadcast of Toys on Top to bring you this. Meanwhile, in a galaxy of bootleg treasures. DOV2, we have engine failure. We must crash land on DKE Toy Planet. Oh my, we're doomed. Wait. Salvation! Hooray! We're saved, DLP2! Limited edition custom artist-made action figures and DKE Toys! Check out www.dkatoys.com for a full catalog. Hooray for custom action figures! DKE! Uh, tell me about your relationship with toys as a kid, and then at what point you started collecting toys. Um, my relationship with toys as a kid started probably in 78. Okay. Like the height Um, of Star Wars. Um, that was the first movie I saw. Okay. So, um, I saw Star Wars and everybody at preschool had Star Wars. So I, you know, my mom was cool. She was like, she always made sure I had the right toys. Yeah. And uh, so she, I had Star Wars that Christmas. So uh, I, uh, I loved Star Wars, loved the special effects. Um, pretty much I wore t-shirts with Star Wars on them. Yeah. But um, pretty much all the way through elementary school, because Return of the Jedi was in like 80... Mm, was that 85 anyway um all the way up until uh return i was you know wearing the clothes and the underoos and yeah all that you know the underoos were cool i'm glad they <laughs> finally brought those back yeah you know yeah it may not be too masculine but they're freaking cool 
Hey, you could feel as masculine as you want with those bad boys on. <laughs> as you like, you did that, that moment, which by the way, kudos to your mom for getting you the toys that everyone else had. That's yeah. Uh, when you did that start your like uh, love for toys when you started getting those Star Wars toys and you just had to have everything or was it like a slow progression from a kid up? Um, no, I instantly loved Star Wars toys. Yeah. Um, I um, grew up in a very strict. Uh, well, on one side of my family, I had Baptists. And on okay. the other side of the family, I had Church of Christ. That's what it is pretty much here in Texas. Yeah. So I would take my Star Wars men to church with me. Yep. And uh, sit them on the pew, you know, have them set up. And um, I, so I, I, they were with me all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how uh, much I had toys in my life where I had them all the time. Yeah. Um, but basically I, I, I loved star Wars from the first action figure I ever saw. And, um, Darth Vader was my favorite. Yeah. Um, minute I saw him, I needed one. And, um, I got one for Christmas. I got the 12 inch Vader. Yeah. The giant ones. Yeah. And, um, he was he's he was cool, but I wanted the little one. That's what yeah. I asked for. That's why I knew Santa Claus wasn't real, is because <laughs> I asked for a little bitty Darth Vader that I could put in my pocket yeah. and carry around. What did I get? I got that thing. So I was like, this isn't right. Santa's not real. Yeah. <laughs> so he messed up my order. He he totally messed my order up. Yeah. Now looking at it, it'd be like, wow, this is cool as hell. I just got a giant Vader. But as a kid, that makes sense. So like, no, I, I just wanted this one. What are you doing? Uh, when you, uh, so you, you're in that space. Uh, did that push you into other toy lines or did you just stay in that Star Wars realm? Um, I dabbled in G.I. Joe. Okay. I liked, I liked G.I. Joe a lot. Um. I usually liked a lot of toys that had shows. Yeah. You know, and 30 minutes of advertising. Yeah. You know, um, you know, He-Man. I loved He-Man. Uh, Transformers. Uh, Micronauts. I loved them a lot in the 70s. Yeah. Which did that inspire Cantina Knots for you? Correct. Right. And then Dove inspired the other half of that. Because he loves the cantina aliens. Yeah. yeah, he does. So I was like, rainbow. I was like, they need to be a rainbow. And so I took their main colors that they were, like uh, Hammerhead has a blue uniform. Yeah. Or whatever you want to call it, bathing suit. And um, the uh, walrus man is mostly orange. Yep. So um, I uh, made them solid colors off of uh dove liking the cantina knots yeah so which i'm assuming he has a set then if he likes those yes yeah yes (laughs) um and then as you continue there's a point that we always get to 
where people or kids take one or two routes. Did you get to the point where you either got rid of all your toys or you kept them? Okay. Well, that's where my wife comes in. Okay. Um, I had a huge collection, um, but um, like every 12 inch, I have them. Okay. Um, even IG-88 with original um, original bombs Ooh. and guns. Yeah. I had, yeah, I had all kinds of crap. And um, so eventually she convinced me that I didn't need all that stuff or, <laughs> or it didn't need to, you know, be, um, I didn't, we didn't need it in our house. Yeah. So basically, um, she took me into downsizing. So I kept some stuff. Mm -hmm. So like the die cast ships, like, um, the little tie fighter that's white. Oh yeah. 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 And the twin pod cloud car, mm -hmm. you know, things like that. A little millennium Falcon. I, um, I kept little ships and things like that. Yeah. Kind of smaller stuff and some action figures, but I got rid of a lot of it. Um, just because, um, I couldn't really where we live. I couldn't really enjoy it cause I couldn't unpack it. Mm -hmm. So it was just basically sitting. Okay. Um, and so she, she was like, well, let's go ahead and get rid of it. You know, cause we can't really put it out. Um, and we needed the room. So, yeah. At what point? So, um, when you go from, I, I hear that story and then I hear how you and your wife are making toys together. How did that jump happen? Um, that jump happened when I started becoming interested in toys. Okay. And, um, about 2015 mm -hmm. and um, I started being interested in toys. So she, to help me keep my mind off uh, my Wilson's disease and uh, not having a job, that kind of stuff, she would help me. Yeah. And um, so we started doing it together because she wanted to help me feel better. Yeah. So um, that's how it all began. Can we, I, I don't, um, can we pause there? I don't know that I asked you this earlier. If you're comfortable, can you describe what Wilson's disease is and how that affected oh, you? Oh yeah, sure. Um, I'm glad you asked. Most people don't ask me. Um, Wilson's disease is a genetic defect mm. on chromosome 13. Okay. Um, that what it does is it tells the liver to retain copper. Oh, no. So basically everything you eat that contains copper, which is coppers in beans, coppers in mushrooms, coppers in shellfish. I can go on and on, but the point is your, your organ doesn't know to, uh, expel the copper it retains it. So what that does is that damages your liver until you get cirrhosis of the liver. Yeah. 
uh, after your liver is totally saturated with copper, um, then the copper has nowhere to go but other organs. So it then goes to your eyeballs and it makes rings of copper around your irises. Mm -hmm. And then it also starts destroying your brain. Oh my gosh. And your nervous system. So um, I no longer have Wilson's. Technically, I carry the gene for it, but I no longer have it since I um, got a liver transplant about four years ago. Okay. Did they figure out how to like help you balance everything so it doesn't come back or anything? Um, no. The, like I said, the, the problem is in the chromosome 13. Yeah. And chromosome 13 is in the liver. Okay. So I don't okay. have that liver anymore. I've got a new liver. Yeah. That new liver doesn't have the defect. Awesome. That's congrats. Like that's amazing that you were able to get to that point. Does that mean, so here's the question I have then uh, before we get back to toy stuff, do you have residual effects that came from having the old liver? Um. I have damage that the copper did to me okay. that hasn't reversed yet. Yeah. Okay. And, oh, okay. So you said, yeah, will it eventually reverse back the other way? Don't know. Okay. I'm hoping. Yeah. So like my brain was affected, um, good or bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, um, uh, so I don't know if it's going to reverse or not. Okay. But I, I like me. So it's like, if it gets better, okay. If it doesn't, I can deal with it. Yeah. So, and it's crazy and incredible to hear that in the midst of this, like, crazy time in your life, your wife was like, okay, let's do these together. Like, let's do pick up on this together. So, in that first um, moment of 2015, figuring out that you want to do this, um, what is that process like for you? Figuring out what you want to make, how you want to make it, learning how to do all the stuff. What was that like for you? Huh. Um, basically, I took this the Star Road, Star Wars Road. Yeah. Um, Suck Lord was highly influenced by Star Wars, and yep. I already had an emotional attachment to Star Wars yeah. because um, it's been in my life. It was the first movie I saw. So um, basically, I took the Star Wars road and said, I'm going to make things themed around Star Wars. Yeah. So that's where the name Dead Greedy came from. Um, I, I actually wanted shotfirst.com mm -hmm. and somebody owned it. So I was like, okay, I got to come up with something else. So I really hated the fact that in Star Wars, they changed that Han shot first. Okay. You know? Yeah. And so um, I came up with the name Dead Greedy, meaning emphasizing the fact that he was dead and that Han shot first. Yeah. In my mind. So um, um, after we 
came up with the name we bought the .com and um i'm trying to remember if dove no dove i'm trying to remember if dove contacted me before or after this but i had made this sculpture called a hauntan mm-hmm. which is half of a which is a a tauntaun with he-man arms on it yeah and uh a vest and a Han, uh, Han Solo 12-inch head. Oh, with the horns on the head, with correct? The horns. So yeah, I'll good. send you a picture if you want me to. Absolutely. So uh, I had made that, and Dove had wanted some, so he contacted me. Yeah. And that's how me and Dove met. And then um, um, I decided, yeah, I based using Star Wars from Sucklord, basically. Yeah. Because I was analyzing like what what art I liked, and I liked the ones the ones that spoke to me were the ones about Star Wars. Because I grew up with Star Wars. Um, yeah, Star Wars markets so well. You can they put do. Star Wars on anything, and it sells. Yeah, and I think that that is like it's crazy how well it markets. Like I, I it's sad. Um, and maybe not sad. Maybe it's just like how a good thing about the market. But whenever I want to do something for DKE or designer con or something for DKE con, um, the initial thing in my head is like, okay, um, before I think about producing something that's original and sending it over, what if I pitch a couple ideas that are coming from star Wars? And it, I love doing those ideas. They're super fun. Right. Well, the other advantage to doing Star Wars is Dove loves Star Wars. Yeah. So, you know, he's going to say, yeah, I'll, let's do that. Right. Yeah. Well, not just that. You may actually sell one. <laughs> That's so true. And I. He's I love, like, I've got to have that. Yeah. And I love working. Um, my favorite things at the moment are like taking the star Wars like names or figures or whatever, and like pulling them so far away from what they are. So like my last um, toy, I think that every bootleg artist at some point should do something around Boba Fett just because. And the one that I offered to the toy gods and to dove was Bob a Fett, just a mild mannered office worker with the name that's just unfortunate. And it was my favorite right. thing to produce because it like had nothing to do with Boba Fett, but everything to do with his name. Right. Yeah. And yeah. It, it was super fun to make. I like doing Star Wars stuff. Yeah. You like playing with words too. Yeah. Uh, especially or uh, hiding Easter eggs in a toy. Like though, that's some of my favorite things to do. Things that. Example. Like, um, so uh, in. Okay, so here's here's the example. I hid, I think, 12 Easter eggs in that Bob A. Fett toy that came out. Um, and it was, everything was on, uh, I, you got a plastic badge that came with it. And on the badge, on the back of it, the UPC was the original Boba Fett UPC. The um, released, or the date that he started that said like, a oh, hired on date was the date of the first Boba Fett appearance and 
he worked for General Automaton, which was the company that um, made R2 units. And like it just kept going in that fashion where there was just little Star Wars Easter eggs everywhere. This is the Beastie Droids um, figure. And okay, yeah. Instead of when we were talking about playing with words and so forth. Yeah. Um, basically, a lot of what you were talking about, I did the same thing with the Beastie Droids. And I think awesome. that is one of the things that people like. Like, for example, the plane, um, you can't see it because the figure's on the car, mm -hmm. but the plane that was on the front of the BC Boys album, Licensed to Ill, yep. um, had the words, eat me, on the side of the plane if you held the... Um, the record or tape up to the mirror it would say eat me oh so okay. i did instead of license to ill i did lichen blue milk and then <laughs> so good i spelled drink me backwards in abaresh so that when you went and held my picture up to the mirror it said drink me instead of eat me Oh, that is beautiful. Thank you. So that's the again. I did all the songs. Um, I did all the songs. Basically, I had made them, rewrote them, and had made them all have to do with Star Wars. Yeah. Oh, that's um, so good. Oh, if, even their names, like I. I this one, I love when things work out like this. Yeah. When you go and plan something and it works. Yeah. So I have ad rock, right? Well, I have ad bot. Oh, yeah. So good. Um, MCA, MC8. And he's yep. made with an IG88. Um, Mike, Mike D, Mike 3. And he's made with a 3 CPO. So yeah <laughs> but basically anything i could make fun of yeah. or rhyme with um was a target yeah which it's it's perfect because it's the best kind of making fun of like i think it, when you draw in so many markets it makes the toy that much better like there's like a pop culture element on both sides and then a huge Star Wars element that like ties that into it just beautifully. And I think toys like that are just my favorite because they start to just tie so many things together. Yeah. Um, another one I did like that was Mr. TMNT. Yeah. One of the ones you like. Yep. Well, I took Mr. T and I took TMNT. And I just slammed those together. So Mr. TMNT. Yep. Then on the, um, what does Mr. T always say? I, I pity, pity the fool, right? Yeah. And what are the bad guys called in TMNT? The foot. I pity the foot. <laughs> Boom. Done. Yeah. I got a, got a catchphrase that combines both the foot and I pity the fool. Bam, slam those together. 
and I've got a cool catchphrase and then a cool figure. That's beautiful. beautiful. And then if I thank you, and then if I love it, then I I go okay. That's that's I want to put my name on that. Yeah, you know. Did that one do? Um, would you say as well as uh, Beastie Droids did? Not as well, but it did sell out in the pre-show of the 2015 SDCC, I think. Nice. So in the pre-show, so before they got to this to open the doors to people, yeah, and people actually get to buy it, yeah, it sold out before that. Which that's just incredible. Like that, if that doesn't speak to who you are as an artist, like that's incredible. Well, I'm just pretty stoked. (laughs) (laughs) As you um, made these, so that both. Uh, so that one was 2015. Beastie Droids comes uh, a lot later, right? Like four years later. Um, I would have to look, honestly. I want to um, say it was pretty new when I saw it the first time, but I couldn't remember. I remember. I remember when, where I made it up, okay. but I don't remember exactly when. Yeah. What was it we like? We lived in this really crappy apartment. And okay. I remember I made it up when we lived in that crappy apartment. <laughs> so that, that apartment's actually great now because you made up one of the most iconic ones ever. Yeah. Um, what was it like painting? What it's what 60? Because you thought was there only 20 produced at first? Yes. So you you had to paint 60, mold and cast 60. What was that process like? That's so many toys. Um, very organized and very repetitive. Yeah, yeah. My wife is she's she's talented in a lot of ways, and one of those ways is organizing and stuff like that. Yeah. So I'm real messy, and um, so she kept it organized and flowing. Um, where I would have had it just nuts. Yeah. Um, it was, um, it's overwhelming, but you do it in, you do it in stages. Like, uh, you, you pour all of one, uh, figure uh-huh. when you get done with that figure, go and pour all of that other figure, move yeah. on till you're done. Um, we just made it very systematic. Yeah. Instead of pouring, you know, one of these and one of these and one of these and one of these and one of these one we just go boom we're pouring all these so what you want to do is get um maybe two molds three molds of the same figure yeah and do three at a time that i you know i've thought about doing that i just um i'm a glutton for punishment i think and so I don't do that, which is so crazy and stupid to do. On the last one, I uh, I finally did that on the Bobby Fett figure. As you started going through this, you uh, you produce all these toys and you keep going. And have you been in um, Decon and SDCC with DKE every year since you started? Um, almost. Okay. Almost. Not every year, 
Yeah. I think there's a couple of years that may be missing, but um, pretty much um, I like doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was one of my goals. Yeah. So to say that, I, you know, I, um, well, my, my first goal was when I started selling with DKE. Yeah. And then, then when I started doing, when I did my first SDCC, which was TMNT, um, I really, um, really liked doing that and made, it made me feel good about myself. Yeah. Um, so I'm kind of addicted to doing them because I'm like, yes, I'm at New York Comic Con. When I when I took this, when I started making these figures, uh-huh. I didn't think I'd be selling them. That you is know, a, I I was yeah. just playing around. Yeah. And then when you okay, so can you tell me when you like you were playing around and you sold that first one? Describe that feeling for me. Cause this was from what we've talked about, this yeah. was initially just an escape. Yeah. That's so, all it was. I was suffering. Yeah. I looked for a way to take it away. How do I do that? I take my mind off the situation. Yeah. I use art to do that. And then someone buys my art. Um, yeah, it was it was very um shocking. Yeah. I'm like, you want that? You know? Yeah. It's like, that's just me, you know? And then when I, you know, when Beastie Droids, when I came out and then and when it came out and everybody was like crazy about it, um, that kind of shocked me too. I mean, part of me was like, I like it. It's good. But part of me was like, man, how many of these am I going to sell? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't think it'd be that popular. Yeah. And um, did to get it on the show, that means you interacted with Adam Goldberg, correct? Correct. How was how was that? Because like him reaching out to say like, oh, I, I want this toy. That's got to feel amazing as well. Yes, it did. Um, well, he had told me he had looked for like four years for one. Uh-huh. And that's why I say... If you want something, go straight to the artist. Um, Because he was looking on eBay for four years. Couldn't find my work. And uh, finally, they figured out who made them. Mm -hmm. And they contacted me via email. And it was one of his assistants. And um, his assistant told me that Adam Goldberg wanted one of my toys. And I'm like, okay. Um, and then I, that felt great. Yeah. I was like, I can't believe somebody that I watched their TV show would want something I have or made in my, in my house. Yeah. Cause I still to this day don't really have a studio. Mm-hmm. This is all done in a house. The equipment I use is normal everyday equipment. Yep. Um, I use printers that you can purchase on Amazon. You know, um, there's nothing really extraordinary about it, but about the process or the machines I have, mm-hmm. it's very simple. Which is, I, I think that I wish that more people knew that, that this kind of stuff, 
happens in artist houses all over the world, not in giant art studios or manufacturing facilities. Like this is in our basements, in our extra rooms, sometimes just at our kitchen table. Well, that's actually where I started. Yeah. Uh, when in 2015, I um the 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 best place in the apartment, that crappy apartment I was telling you about. Yeah. The best place in that apartment to work was the kitchen. So um that's where I started was trying to make molds in the kitchen. Yeah. And using what? the oven. I I was I was making stuff out of clay too. Yeah. Because I was still experimenting with materials. Mm-hmm. And uh, I didn't know if I wanted what I was learning to mold. So I was using clay too to kind of make things, um, but not resin. Yeah. And uh, so, I, you know, yeah, it starts off in the kitchens. Um, I know some people, some of my friends have uh, studios, et cetera, but you only really need one room or your house. Yeah. And if I, if I remember correctly, you don't love clay. I hate it. <laughs> and you hate use it. wax to do your molds, right? Yeah. How in the heck did you come across doing wax for your molds instead of clay? Well, I was up at a place called Makerspace. I don't okay. know if y'all have them. Where, I, where I've heard are. of Makerspace, but we I don't think we have them here. Okay. Basically, a lot of people pay a monthly fee to belong to a club that has a building that has all kinds of machines in it to do stuff, Um, like laser cutters, um, you name it. They've got, you know, saws. They've got everything. And And you can just Makerspace? 3D printers, too. Yeah. Uh, they got ah. 3D printers. Yeah, makerspace. So it's basically like, like a, a nerd club. Yeah, you know, for makers. I love that. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Everybody there is nice too because they're all nerds. Yeah, is that where you picked up on the wax part? Right. What What happened was I was being taught how to make molds. Yeah, they were using clay. And after I did that a couple of times, I did not like clay. So I was like, come on, Jeremy, there's got to be something better that you can do. And I'm like, I I asked the lady who was teaching us, um, could we use wax? And she's like, I guess you could. So I went home and started experimenting. Mm -hmm. And so... uh, I told my wife my plan and we made up a way to do it. And um, I, I just hated the process, you yeah. know? Uh, so <laughs> a lot of things get invented that way um, because people want to either avoid something or solve the problem or whatever. Yeah. I, um, the part that I'm most interested in the fact that you use the wax is it's liquid. Like the part that I hate most about the clay is you have to go along the edge and make sure the it's all the way up there and make sure everything's perfect with the clay. But when you have 
like the liquid wax, it just fills in and does it all itself. The question I have with that is like, is venting just as easy? Is, is all those like normal things that we do, is it just as easy with wax? Oh yeah. Oh okay. definitely. You can you can carve into the wax. Yeah. So yeah. Um I would recommend dental tools. Yeah. I use a couple different sets of like dental tools style yeah, when I'm I all, do clay. Yeah, I'm all about taking stuff from like, you know, I'll see something at the dentist and I'm like, that would work really good for, you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what is that called? Yeah. <laughs> How funny. Can I just steal that when you guys are done? <laughs> I had a I had one of my dentists give me something. It was a it, what it did is it shift the molds yeah. because they make molds of your mouth at the dentist. Yeah. So I was telling him I didn't have a, a pressure pot yet. And he actually gave me, he called it a vibrator. I don't know what it's called, but <laughs> it's it's uh it basically just shakes your um your mold back and forth yeah get all the bubbles out right yeah does it work super well i've seen a couple people use those this one didn't for me or i would have kept it but yeah always think outside the box and like any anybody that makes molds dentists whoever they've all got some kind of tools that can help you make resin there's um I love when people think outside the box because then that's how we get some of the most creative toys and some of the most creative ways of doing things. I'm always blown away by some artists that um, can like figure out how to do things like the standard, I guess, is like we all need a pressure pot if we want like really good, crisp, clean toys. But then there's artists that for the longest time didn't have it or still don't and their toys come out immaculate and it's it's crazy to think that like some of us are still just doing things without some of the like needed essentials and it's incredible to see how good the work is i agree yeah so as you You're continuing to create and you're doing all this. And now you've been in this scene for what seven years now? Something like that. How would you say the scene has shifted or uh, maybe changed since you've been in it? Um, That's hard to say. I don't know that it's changed that much. Okay. Um, I think it's still in its infancy. Yeah. Um, It's more and more people find out about it every day, but yeah. I think um, bootleg action figures or whatever you want to call it, um, I think it's still uh, growing and it hasn't reached the level it needs to yet. Yeah. Um, as far as changing, yeah, I haven't seen much change. Um, it's, concepts are are basically very similar um so i'm not seeing too much evolution i will say there was a piece that was at san diego comic-con and i don't know who made it i'm sorry i didn't get your name but it was um basically i think it was a uh, container of french fries Oh, uh, was it the Ronald, was it the Ronald McDonald one where he's like this? 
and Bubble was a skull. Oh, I gotta look that up. I can't. I didn't even look the that. Bubble closely. is a skull. If you turn the package sideways, yeah, you'll see the profile of a skull. DKE, who made that? Oh my gosh, the uh, doublehead made it. The McAngel so, of Death. Wow! 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 What? Did you see the other one that the dove selling that? Um, um, I'm trying to remember where the guy is from, but it has a pop up in the middle. Oh my gosh! Yeah, abracadab proof or uh, poof. Yeah, Oni from Dagobah. That one's really cheap. I yeah, I you know what's so crazy to me is that, and maybe this is like a good. Where is he from? I wish it would tell me on here. Um. He probably said it in a video. Um, some of the work, and and maybe you resonate with this uh, or, or not, but like some of the work that comes from other countries, there is this dumb part of my brain uh, that just says like some of these countries may not have access to some of the materials or, or whatever the dumb part of my brain is saying. Um, but then you see their work and it's like, your work is, it puts some of mine to shame. Like your work is so good, but I've talked about it before. I got um, some from uh, Tehran and the backers were some of the best backers I'd ever seen. And the toy is excellent. And it's, it's crazy that I would ever believe that some of these countries couldn't access some of that stuff because they're killing it. Yeah. Yeah. I can't explain it either, but those two works, I saw an evolution yeah uh where it's starting to change um but for the most part i think um it's no one's really innovated um a lot since sucklord in my yeah. opinion and i and it's interesting to think about where it's going to go cuz we can all do little changes here and there Right. That's like whenever magnetic articulation came in, that probably shifted things. And then uh, there's ball and socket articulation. And when we make all the different parts twist and um, you now have different packaging and, and how uh, Yo-Yo Dine is doing cereal boxes or now we have like it seems like there's little things that will always change and progress it. But those big jumps like suckler first starting it's going to be weird to see what the next big jump is yeah yeah i i uh i've done magnetic articulation and it's not fun yeah i don't <laughs> love it and um uh yeah unless my idea needs that like i can't think of another way to do it yeah um i I pretty much stay to the standard uh, no articulation. Yeah, especially if the toy doesn't open. Right. Well, yeah. none of mine open. Right. I, I, I kind of follow the Suck Lord rules. Yeah. The Suck Lord pieces don't open most of the time. Yeah. Um, the bubble is taped down in some way, you know? Um, so... 
I kind of stick with the old school uh, because I know ultimately, ultimately, I don't want them to open it. You know? Yeah. I mean, if they really want to, great, but um, I think the piece is complete when it's the sculpture and the the card. Yeah. 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 I, I think when I started, I thought articulation was needed. And even if the bubble didn't open, because that's, I always have just like, the bubble is always stuck to the card for me. And then on the last couple that I've made, I just decided I don't want to do articulate. Like it seems like such a waste of time to do articulation, especially if you're not supposed to handle the figure. Yeah. Well, Rika does something really cool. Yeah. How many people see the back of the figure? Right. So Rika makes them two-dimensional. Oh, does he just lay it and only mold the top of it? You've got it. That is incredible. That makes so much more sense, too, because you'll never Then it never sits know. against the card flat, too. Yeah. Oh, I like it that. It doesn't do that, the bubble dance. Wow. That makes it easier because the hardest part is most of my toys I'll glue to the card back. Um, that way they don't jumble around because I don't like that. And I, uh, but if I would have just done what Rika did, it would have been easier to glue to the dang card back. And less resin. Uh, see, this is why this podcast is good. For people listening, yeah. it's hints, tips, tricks. You're welcome. You're going to go look at Rika's work now, aren't you? Yeah, after after this, I'm going to spend 30 minutes trying to You should to hit him out. up. You I should hit him up and ask him how he does it. So I uh, I was bummed. So the it's tougher with artists that um, either have really big followings or like really busy. He was supposed to be on the podcast at one point and I was so amped, but he got super busy and we had to reschedule and we haven't, I haven't gotten him a date yet, but um now i know what to talk about when we get that date again that's one of the things that's unique about rika yeah uh not only can he do five foot sculptures yeah but and action figures but um he he can also he comes up with ways to do things that are not traditional yeah which, yeah. you know, he thought about it, analyzed the problem. Do I really need a three-dimensional figure? Is anyone going to see the back? No. How do I stop it from dancing around? Make it flat. Yeah. And then even his blisters, he did that. Um, I think he makes his own. Yeah. He did a, what the heck was that? It was a UFO one. And that blister was like massive on the card and the card was big. And it was just like the perfect shape for it was just great it was great i'm gonna have to go i'm gonna go stare at his thing after this but for dead greedy we've come to this point where you've been producing and and you uh have some iconic work that's come out and one that we haven't even talked about which i want to talk well before we get to this a hammerhead you you put the hand the head of a hammer on it and it's seamless and it looks like it would be an actual toy that i would pick up how did that come about the hammerhead uh, with the hammer on it? Really simple. Yeah. Really simple. Um, I like a lot of pop art. Yep. 
And um, I just thought that hammerhead, if you took it literal, yeah, um, it would look cool if I put a hammer on it. Also, yeah. I had some influence from the um, the wall mm-hmm. with the walking hammers. Yeah. Um, so there's two versions of that. There's one that's done in brown and blue. Okay. And it's, it's called knock noggin. Mm-hmm. And then there's another version that I did um, that is Pink Floyd. And it's black and red with the silver head. Oh, yeah, yeah. I have seen that one. So the, the influence for that came from, I thought the shapes would look really cool mm-hmm. as, um, like, I try to build icons. I, okay. I try to. So, like, when I look at something, I try to say, what kind of impression is this going to make a strong impression of, you know, iconic, non-forgettable expression? What is this going to do? Yeah. And so I just thought, to me, the hammer on top of his head just looked amazing. So that was actually a hammer. Uh, I went on eBay and bought this little hammer. And uh, I took it apart. And I don't know how old it was. It was pretty old. Took the hammer apart and used an actual uh, hammerhead action figure. Um, saw the top of his head off. Um, and then molded uh, molded the metal head to the neck. Yeah. And uh, made a mold of that. And uh, luckily, when metal, it wouldn't have held it up. But mm. because it's made out of resin, it will. Um, but I, I try to build icons. I try to make sure that everything I make is quality. Um, even though I keep this standard of um, of uh, bootlegging, I want my work to look bootlegged. Yeah, but. I'm at the same time uh, trying to make something iconic. Yeah. Um, like the the Beatles, I studied a lot. Mm. And I try to make something good every time I release it. Um, yeah. I let myself down if I don't sell out or get something that clicked. Yeah. Well, Hey, you're killing it. You've got it going on. You found your groove yeah. in it. And it you looks like so. Yeah. It looks like you found your voice, which is incredible to see uh, an artist do. Um, for Dead Greedy, after all this time of creating and um being in the toy scene for so long and and doing and, and coming out with work that's uh, phenomenal. Um where do you where are you headed and what's next i i know as much about where i'm headed as you do um i know that i'm going to keep doing this okay uh for a while i don't know um what i'm going to produce next yeah um i but i am going to keep doing this because i have met so many good people yeah 
through uh, doing this. Um, also, I am, because of my liver transplant, mm-hmm. I don't have an immune system. So okay. most of my friends are online or toy makers. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to be here making things. Uh, hopefully, I'll do some more uh, collaborating. My mm-hmm. last work that's uh, at San Diego Comic-Con right now um, uh, consume greed mm-hmm. that one I did with uh, my friend Hal Hefner and uh, Paul Draper um, that one's out right now um, I'm going to do the next DKE show mm-hmm. I know that but past that I don't know I, but I am going to keep creating and trying to innovate I'm yeah. I, you know I see uh, like that one we were talking about a minute ago mm-hmm. the french fries with the skull yeah man i wish i would have thought of that you know so i see a lot of those yeah i i see toys like that all the time that i'm just so impressed with um that each like uh rika's stormy on the cross like that that toy is phenomenal i have one i i don't have many people's work um Barrio Boba I have the most of because I think there's a nostalgia piece to it and I I like all his Star Wars and homies mixed matchups and stuff um but yeah I had to get one of the Rika ones because I just love religious art like that it's so fun and um yeah but I think um I it's good to know that you like someone that has created these iconic pieces is still like the rest of us. Like, well, I don't know where I'm headed, but we'll see. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't don't have any mystic answers or, you know, secret tricks or nothing. I, um, you know, I just take each day, each day by day and do what makes me happy. Uh, The, the figures make me happy right now. So until I find out I need to do something else, I'm going to keep doing them. I love that. As we close out this episode, the last thing that I want every artist to do, and I love it, is please plug everything of who you are and, and what you do and what you got going on and how people can get a hold of you and all those good things. Um, you can go to deadgreedy.com. You can go to uh, deadgreedy on Instagram. Um, those are probably be the best places. Yeah. Also go pick up that beautiful piece you got going on at SDCC. Last time I checked, there was one left. Oh, that's incredible. Congratulations on that as well. That was before Comic-Con. Oh my gosh. So you might be sold out. I could be uh, unless there's one still. I'll I wanna, check. Yeah. I want to see who the lucky person is that gets the last one. Um, hey, thank you so much for being on Toys on Tap. Uh, it's always a thank you for having me.
Toys on Tap. Toys on Tap. The next episode. The next episode. It's great. It's amazing. You're going to want to listen to it. It's not right now, though. You're going to have to wait till the next episode to listen to it. Oh, when's that? The next one. Cool. Toys on Tap. Toys on Tap. The next one's going to be good, too. So stay tuned and, and, and listen to that. Toys on Tap. Awesome.